I can't help but grin a little bit as we start this episode because we're going to dive into initial motivation that got you mm. training in the first place and how that has evolved. But all that could be encapsulated as to your why and who, I mean, who doesn't, <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> who doesn't want to have Adrian Bosman just encapsulated in a, in a more cliche phrase than defining your why. So we'll, we'll put that, we'll put that away. That's, that's not what we're talking about. But let's, let's dive into that. You know, you've been training for a very long time. Turns let's, out. Yeah, let's do old. the Bosman story. What what was the first thing that got you into some sort of physical activity? Why was that? Well, let's just let's back up the train a little bit. You know, okay. like I I got into this stuff as a young man for sure. And I was telling you before we started that uh, I've I've got a kettlebell that is older than some of the people I work out with at the gym these days. And so I had that realization recently, and uh, kind of freaked me out, but it also made me really happy because I can now be the curmudgeon that says, son, I got kettlebells older than you. <laughs> That's right. You get so, wisdom. You get so, wisdom yeah, on so. your side. Wisdom and experience. <laughs> anyway, what was the question? <laughs> you know, what, how old or what roughly, what phase of your life did you first start to work out or get into physical training and why as a young or younger man did you even begin in the first place? What drove you? Great question. I honestly don't really know. I think on it was probably some degree of vanity and, uh, you know, a nebulous idea that it would be good on some level, like very, very, maybe 5%, uh, like a health thing. But I, <laughs> right, I think the overwhelming right. uh, motivational factor was, you know, I wanted to look a little bit better. Um, I don't know. I, I, it's, it's hard to place myself back at that age. I was like 16, I think, okay. when I first started going to the gym. And it was very much like kind of a bodybuilding style training. I remember early reading books like Bruce Lee's Art of Expressing the Human Body. Oh, uh, I've never read that one. That's good. Yeah. And then uh, Bill Pearl is uh, an old bodybuilder. I had one of his books. And so that's kind of how I got into that world. Uh, but the motivation is a little murky. I think it was uh, maybe not so virtuous. Primarily, maybe safe to say, aesthetic purposes? Yeah, probably. And just the classic, can we assume the chest and tries, back oh, and yeah. buys, you know, some yep, leg I would, press. I would was... ride my bicycle. I would ride my bicycle to the gym, pump iron, and then ride my bicycle home. Okay. And that was the extent of it. Uh, were and you, then, were so your friends doing it? Not really. It was mostly a solo endeavor. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Interesting. See, you're a unique cat. Okay. And that just, yeah, and I, how long did you do that? Well, so I was friends with a lot of the punk rockers in, in town. And so, you know, weightlifting was not like a real high priority for a lot of my <laughs> friends at that time. A lot of the but, <laughs> heavy lifting punk rockers. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, they're out there for sure. And in certain subsets of that, it's right. actually a really big thing. But, but, uh, in, in the scene that I was from, it was not. And so it definitely was a little bit weird in that regard. Um, and so take that forward a couple of years. I, I left, uh, I graduated high school early just because of the way that my um, birthday falls in the calendar okay. year. So I was 17 for like two seconds in the first uh, semester of college that I was at. And then I turned oh, 18 wow. like right away. Um, but I had a group of friends at the college I went to that did do working out. They took it seriously. We went and uh, met at my friend David's grandmother's basement, which is where he was living while he was going to college. 
And he had like some crappy like Sears cement filled dumbbells and like a lat pull down. Mm-hmm. And we, <laughs> right. had a, we had a workout club called the Hub City Hard Bodies, tongue in cheek. And I still have the t-shirt from it. You're going to have <laughs> to rock t- that eventually. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, we would, uh, we would meet in David's uh, grandma's basement, pump iron, and then run around the block and then mostly just, you know, drink beer and eat pizza afterwards. So it's kind of like an excuse to do that, I think. And that was the uh, college years. Yes. So yeah. that's still largely, I don't want to say devoid of purpose, but you, you, you still have a tough time saying what your focus was or why you were working out. It was just something that you were doing, again, probably largely for aesthetic reasons and nothing else. I mean, were you playing some sort of sport that you were hoping to enhance no, your capacity really. with? You know, I, uh, I was a member of the boxing club in college. Uh, for a couple semesters, but I sucked. Uh, you know, I wasn't wasn't really good at it. Um, but I enjoyed the training for it. I don't know. It was fun. Um, and then I would, you know, meet with our little workout club. And then, in addition to that, I would train at the college gym uh, on the days that I didn't either box or meet up with my friends in David's basement or Grandma's basement. <laughs> right. So every, I think everybody has a fantastic basement gym, and I'll I'll, I'll touch on mine here in a bit. So that that initial phase of you getting into working out classic bodybuilding style stuff with just your buddies, not quite sure why we're doing it, but now it's somewhat of a habit. We've kept doing it for years. When or why did that eventually stop or end or change? You know, honestly, the first time that I started thinking about working out as more than just like something you did and more towards like a performance, I guess, outlook or, or, uh, uh, enhancement of capacity in, in like the real world sense of things, um, was when I started finding out about kettlebells. I started reading like the early kettlebell stuff from Dragon Door. I don't even mm-hmm. know if they're still around. And, uh, I made my own kettlebells and I got really into that. And, you know, the whole idea How did you make of- your own kettlebell? I, uh, I would fill a basketball with concrete and then uh, sink some heavy-grade heater hose into it <laughs> and perforate that, and it would anchor the handle, and they came out to like, I don't know, 25 pounds or something. Oh, that's awesome. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> don't drop it from overhead. Yeah. And they, well, and they never failed me, so. Oh, all right. There you go. <laughs> and so, were you, uh, were you strictly all in kettlebells right there, or was that something you did in addition to your bodybuilding routine? That honestly, I don't remember. I think there was definitely like a fuzzy period where both were kind of happening. Okay. Um, and then that, that kind of like interest in kettlebells and more performance based, like what, what does real world fitness actually look like? How does this actually help me do things outside of the gym? That's what got me interested in kind of scouring the internet for other different kind of fringe fitness movements. And that's when I stumbled across the CrossFit website in, I think it's probably 2004 Okay. And then that kind of snowballed, obviously, into today. So, do you happen to remember, and probably not because we're identifying right now that your memory's fuzzy from when you were a younger man, <laughs> when you went from more classic bodybuilding style workouts, which are largely lower intensity or, you know, not a large load, long distance quickly, less functional, yeah. single joint, if you will, to swing in the kettlebell, do you remember if the kettlebell kicked your butt doing that kind of stuff or was it just a seamless little transition and everything was great? Oh no, it was definitely like a, a very different thing. You know, okay. it was, uh, <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, exactly what you said. You're not, 
you don't go from doing some lat pull downs and some bicep curls to doing a bunch of kettlebell snatches and not notice that there's a difference in the way that you're feeling while you're working out. It's okay. like, I don't think that's possible. So <laughs> yeah, yeah I, maybe, and maybe that led a little bit to the spark of curiosity in your head as to either what else is out there. This, you know, this, this quote unquote, simple yeah. tool feels quite different. And so then you eventually started pursuing different things on the old interwebs and that eventually yep. led you to cross it in 04 ish. Yep. Yeah, I have a, I was actually recently, we, you know, we moved not that long ago. And so I packed up a bunch of my life and I found some old workout journals from 2004 and 2005. And I, I had some notes in there from some main site workouts that I had done. And, uh, you know, I don't know that I was brave enough to post my results on the main site at that point, but they were in my journal. So, mm -hmm. do you, so if we're talking about also, whatever motivation it was for you to do anything or be fit or change course you went from did you go from the bodybuilding to the kettlebells out of boredom or did something spark that and then what sparked the kettlebell to hey i'm going to search the internet for something i don't think it was boredom i think it was a genuine interest in in fitness and you know i i really think that article that Greg wrote all those years ago to what is fitness. Mm -hmm. You know, I remember reading that and I was like, oh my God, like this is it. This is, this is what I've been kind of looking for as far as, you know, what does it mean to be fit? What does it mean to actually train for performance? Um, and I, 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 you know, you'd had kind of little bits and pieces of that reflected elsewhere, but never really brought together in a way that was as mm -hmm. clear and cogent. Um, okay. But, but as far as like my own personal motivation, it, it certainly wasn't boredom. I think it was the opposite. I think it was like, hey, I've started doing this thing. I'm way more interested in it than I thought I would be. What else is out there? And then starting to dabble with more and more things like that. You've always been a dabbler, always been a tinker. Yes, very, but, very true. <laughs> so we'll pause here because I'm curious to hear what your initial little dip your toe in the water of CrossFit was and how did that oh go, boy. et cetera, et cetera. But we'll, yeah. I'll catch up to where you are. So yeah. as, a, as a younger man, I was a tremendous advocate of a high glucose diet and that, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and that, you know, gave me an, an inordinate girth that was not indicative of, uh, of being healthy in any way, shape or form. And so, you know, I, I wasn't a, I wasn't a sporty kid. Shocker, I know. You know, I was just yeah. stuffing my face with uh, with various treats, and somehow, sometime, but, you know. But what a physique, right? But what a physique! <laughs> just you know, just a good pear shaped physique. But but sometime in like you know eighth grade, got into high school. My friends started working out, kind of like you're saying, just the classic bodybuilding stuff. Monday and Thursday, chest and tries. Tuesday and Friday, back and buys. Wednesday and Saturday. Uh, legs and some abs and just you know your legs and shoulders oh, yeah. you're, you're just good to go sprinkling some abs sprinkling some elliptical and we had a little crew that went to the gym in our town and we had a like a joe weeder bench in our basement up there in new england and just no clue what we were doing it was just bench right we just bench all the time that was going to be the key to our success <laughs> and sometime <laughs> in my freshman year i realized I didn't really want to be 30 pounds overweight. I should probably do something about this. Didn't know anything about 
health, fitness, or whatever, you know, also pre-internet days. And I just said, you know what, I'm going to reduce my caloric intake in half. So I just, I cut my food in half, you know, so if I had a pizza every Friday night, I had half a pizza. That was, it was literally that simple. Two bowls of cereal in the morning, one bowl of cereal. Yep. And my parents had this old rickety stationary bike down in the basement as well. And I just figured I'll add four times a week, just a 45 minute long, slow cardio session Mm. on top of what I'm doing. And lo and behold, it worked. I you know, <laughs> dropped like 30 pounds and somehow kept it off. And that was about ending my freshman year of high school. So that was my, mm. my working out was largely because my friends were doing it. And then I started adding in some more because I just wasn't happy with being 25 yeah. or 30 pounds overweight at that, you know, adolescent kids are, are mean. Sure. And, and so sophomore well, year and, and, you know i'll say that confidence and security are at an all-time high when you're at that age too right oh my i mean I, i'm so glad those years are behind so glad i just threw it down a rabbit hole now because like, our two boys are going to enter them and i'm like oh i don't envy you what's what's coming around the corner i'll help you as much as i can but you know brace yeah. for swells the then around my sophomore year in high school i figured out that it was my dream, my goal that, you know, I wanted to join the Navy, wanted to be a SEAL. And I think it was also linked into how grotesquely out of shape I'd been for most of my life. That I was like, if mm. I, I'm going to set this really high goal, you know, we're talking about why we're training and what drives us. I'm going to set this really high goal that if I could be, if I could be one of these guys and actually achieve it, there's no way I can't be happy with whatever my physical capacity is. That just doesn't right. make sense in my mind. I can't reconcile that. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to pursue that. And so I still didn't know what the heck I was doing and still didn't have any resources. All I had was some books from Vietnam that I like checked out of the library or something and some just terribly dated protocols that were just now so horrifically Anyway, but I just would do them, you know, and it was a huge amount of volume. Oh, yeah. Tremendous amount of volume. So I was running constantly starting my sophomore year in high school and doing on top of the regular bodybuilding stuff that I was doing an amount of calisthenics that was offensive because (laughs) it was and I mean, pull up progressions like 10 up to one back down to 10 that comes out to 100. So and of course, kipping wasn't a thing. So these were strict, but you would do that progression one up to 10 back down to one with palms away, supinated grip palms facing you. So there's 200 stricties. Then you would do it behind the neck pull-ups. So now we've got 300 strict pull-ups in this one session, but, but wait, there's more. You would do what's (laughs) called the commando. Oh yes. I love the commando personally. (laughs) I really do. That's like my favorite grip. I like the commando pull up too. I I might have to start programming some. So in in one session, I would do 400 strict pull-ups. Let let me ask you how how the range of motion was. Oh, I mean, I'm sure it was. I'm sure it was absolutely horrific. And I would do that same thing with push-ups. Oh, regular yeah. wide grip diamond yep. dive bomber Dude, the diamond the diamond the push-ups diamond. and so i lived in this incredibly high volume incredibly low intensity world and same thing with my runs if i'd go out and run four six eight ten twelve miles it was just slow there was no mm-hmm. such thing as a track day no such thing as a sprint 
Yep. And if I did go, quote unquote, below parallel, it was uh, happened to be on the leg press. Like there was nothing involving a squat. So there no functional yeah. movement, none of that kind of stuff. And that took me all the way through high school, motivated by this desire to, to join uh, the Navy. And that took me all the way through college as well. And the only thing that changed in college is I then had access to a pool. And so in mm. addition to all this ridiculous amount of training that I was already doing, I added in, you know, up to like multiple 75-minute swim sessions multiple times a week. And, but everything done with zero intensity, and I shouldn't say zero intensity, but I lived in a yeah. low, low, low intensity world. It was, it was about the time. It wasn't about right. much else, right? It yeah. Like time and it was spent in, this, in the saddle, so to Time speak. spent in the saddle, reps, 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 and, and yep. because that's based upon the information that I had available at the time, what I felt was the most effective way to achieve my goal of, you know, becoming mm. a SEAL and making it through buzz, et cetera, et cetera. And I, well, I guess we can have it. I guess it worked, you know, so I, I, that sure. was through college, went, entered the Navy, made it through buds. And then my time in the military wasn't too different. I didn't discover CrossFit in the military. So this, you know, even the military is part of my pre-CrossFit story. That was just basically an endurance athlete for the government. I mean, just mm. long runs, long swims, long sessions on the obstacle course. If you're out for a grinder PT, we're doing hundreds of repetitions of whatever it is. And that, to some degree, has changed these days. I'm not trying to say that's how special warfare operates in 2021. But I did that for my entire career and didn't discover CrossFit until I got out. I was a civilian. Mm. And, you know, Castro is a team for me as well at that point in time. And he's got family out on the West Coast. And he, you know, bumped into the original Santa Cruz gym. I was out on the East Coast. And he's the one that first pointed me towards, hey, you've got to go to this website, CrossFit.com. Check this out. And that, for me, happened in about 2005. And that's when I had yeah. a shift. But, you know, my time from a young man was aesthetics driven, right? You know, girls are cool and things like that. And then when it was purpose driven, starting sophomore year in high school, you know, trying to get into the military. And then once I was in the military, you know, yeah, you still want it to look good, but we were training to do a job. Mm. And so it was, it did have a focus. But what's funny is, now knowing what I know, oh man, even like my our time in the military, we could have reduced our training volume by half, mm -hmm. changed the movements that we were doing, changed the intensity with which we were doing, been yep. healthier for our joints, been more capable, but I just I just more time didn't to dedicate know. to other skills and Yeah, you know, it's just sure. I didn't didn't know what I didn't know, you know. I mean yep. that that job, we're still bench press at in those years still reigned supreme. Not strong legs and strong midline, which if you've got on, you know, load carrying gear and rucksacks and whatever, I mean, that's all midline and legs, midline and mm -hmm. legs. But we didn't work midline and legs. You know, we we ran for the legs. Well, that's not the strength that you need. And and then we did bench press for the upper body. It's like <laughs> we could have been so much more capable, but we just didn't know. So again, that's about 05 when I found CrossFit. Uh, and I'll, I'll, I'll touch on that after we pause and circle back to you. So now you've gone well, through your hold, body. Hold on. Oh, I, oh, interesting oh. fact that okay, I do don't got? know that you are aware of this. We did our level one together. 
You know, you, now that you say that, that does. You, me, and Dave Castro all did our level one together, albeit I didn't know you guys at the time. But I look back at some of the photos and I, you know, I've pieced it together over the years. And I'm like, man, that's, that's pretty crazy. It was 2006. Yes. And it was the last three-day seminar. And they had the pull-up bars hanging from the webbing. That swung from and, the webbing. Yep, yes. Yep. So anyway, and it was a, little, it was a smoke that, show. It was a smoke oh, show. Yeah. I mean, it was basically, you know, like there'd be a little bit of lecture, it'd be like 20 minutes of lecture and then be like, ah, let's work out. Yep. And then you'd come back and be like 20 minutes of lecture. Ah, let's work out <laughs> for part, three days. It's just <laughs> part lecture, part like gang initiation, just like a beat yeah, down. Totally. <laughs> I, I think also, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, that Josh Everett might have been in yeah, the audience as well. He was definitely there. Uh-huh. 100%. I remember him doing a, a dumbbell Olympic lifting demo in front of the group. Okay. Yep. Yeah. He was definitely there. I remember, you know, just walking in, now we're down memory lane, and just seeing people that I'd only seen in the CrossFit yeah. videos at that time and being like starstruck. And I was like, oh, I had the no same experience. Way. That's, that's Annie Sakamoto. And that's yep. Nicole Carroll. This is crazy. And that's, you know, like Greg Odmanson. And, you know, there's Greg Glassman. Yeah. It was, it was, it was insane. I was, uh, I didn't walk right for potentially 10 days after that. Oh. I remember like coming home and my wife was like, how was it? And I said, I am destroyed. It was the best weekend of my life. <laughs> I was so wrecked. It, yep. was, it was great. Oh, but it was wonderful that we had that in that big warehouse. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yep. All right. Yeah. Excellent. That's so crazy. And, and yeah. here we are suddenly in a, a few years later doing, right. doing, doing a podcast. Who would have guessed? So you go from the bodybuilding to some fascination with kettlebells for quite some time. Still mm -hmm. maybe uh, aesthetics, curiosity driven or whatnot. And then you're poking around the interwebs. You find this crazy thing called CrossFit. Always looking to experiment with something. What was your initial indoctrination or exposure to CrossFit? Well, I dabbled with a couple workouts. And I remember taking my kettlebells to the park and doing like a version of Helen-ish. Oh, nice. But like, you know, it's kind of like one toe in the water, not really committing. I still know better kind of thing. Oh, yeah. Oh, sure. Um, and, and so there was definitely a period of that. But I remember distinctly like the first full bore all-in CrossFit workout that I was going to do. Uh, I was working at a Bally Total Fitness at the time and I had to keep up you know, my tr personal training uh, certificate with various continuing education credits or whatever. And uh, I was attending this stretching workshop uh, that was, I don't know, 30 minutes from my house. And it was in a sister gym. So it was a, you know, a Bally Total Fitness across the bay. And uh, we did the seminar. And afterwards, I hated the seminar. It was, it was awful. <laughs> Wasting my time. Total waste of time. <laughs> I was going to uh, actually ask how valuable it was. It was. It was awful. But anyway, um, you know, check the box, whatever, sat through it, grounded out. Um, and my kind of carrot on the stick for myself was I'm going to do this CrossFit workout that I, I'm curious to try after it's all said and done. And so they had the weights in the, in the bottom of the, the gym. It was like in the basement kind of. So I went down there and I set up three barbells and I did Linda. Oh, jeez. Okay. I mean, well, for, was, any, for uh, anyone who's unfamiliar with Linda, what's Linda? It's, uh, it's, it's 10, 9, 8, 7, all the way down to 1 of uh, deadlifts at, I believe, two and a half times body weight, uh, body weight bench, and then three-quarter body weight clean. 
and uh, just set them up and knock them out. And I have no idea how long it took me, like forever, I'm sure. Um, oh. And I remember distinctly getting out of the gym after I finished the workout and I'd recovered, or so I thought. I got on top of my motorcycle to ride home and I had a moment where I'm like, I can't, I'm not ready to, to do this. I had to un, you know, unstraddle myself from the bike, go down the, sh the street and get a sandwich and sit there and think about my life for about 30 minutes uh, before I could compose myself enough to get back on the bike and ride home. So. <laughs> I, I fully believe it. And I think, I don't think the deads, you know, for clarity, I don't think the deads are quite that heavy. I think Linda is deads oh, at I misspeak? 1.5 okay, times your body right. weight. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, that makes more sense. Bench at body sure. weight and then cleans at 75% of, yep. of okay. body weight in a nasty, nasty, but beautiful workout. Mm. Did, that, did that one life-changing workout that almost ended in a motorcycle wreck, <laughs> did that sway you? Like, was that the turning point? I'm CrossFit from now on? Did it not quite did it take more than that? It, it, I don't remember it being that... Um distinct or at least not based on that workout mm -hmm. um that's a really good question it's hard for me to put myself back at that time honestly i think it was more the the cerebral end of it i think that i had been you know kind of reading some of the stuff like i said i read the what is fitness that really turned like that really lit me up mm -hmm. um I, so i think it was the combination but i i don't remember it being like this distinct i did that workout and now i'm all in mm -hmm. but i do remember that being the first one where i'm like i'm gonna do this full bore like not messing around not like half of what it's written and then half of what i think is going to be better right um yeah so that sprinkling or you know testing of some CrossFit workouts there, but then also largely with the why behind it, the CrossFit journal articles, the what is fitness, yes. for example, that's really what started to, you know, get you a bit more hooked, so to speak. Yep. Did that change or refocus your intent and purpose as to training? If before that had been a little bit, not lacking of direction, we said, but probably largely aesthetic, largely just experimenting. Did that, was that a shift as well? Yeah, for sure. Well, I think that actually was the very much the solidification of, okay, now I am training to see how much physical development I can get across the board. So okay. it's not about aesthetics anymore. It's not about, you know, just something that you do. It's, oh, there's actually different ways you can measure fitness. Let's see how far I can push each one of those. And that was, oh, five? Probably around there. Yeah. Cause that was what led me to take my level one in 06 and okay. eventually want to start coaching and things like that. So we're talking about 16 years ago, roughly. Yep. So for somebody that has a lifelong tinkering or exploration or, you know, playing with this and playing with that, what in the world has kept you fired up and kept you motivated to now still be doing it 16 years later when most things have kind of fallen by the wayside? Yeah, it's a great question. Now, you know, nowadays, on the other end of that 16 years, it's very much a motivation for the future to see, you know, there are plenty of great role models out there where you see people that are 50, 60 plus, mm -hmm. and they are so physically capable and they are they're not ridiculous. on, yeah, they're not reliant on anybody. They're cranking out muscle ups and rope climbs and lifting heavy and all this stuff. And you look at the contrast of a person like that versus what your average 
you know, 50, 60 year old is doing. And it is, I mean, it's, it's like a different shocking. species. Exactly. And, uh, so at this stage in my life, I'm like, I want to be that, you know, mm -hmm. I want to be that old guy just grinding it out and, uh, and, and not having to, um, I guess, experience the same level of, uh, I don't even know what the term would be. Um, the same level of difficulty navigating your environment as other people your age do. Right. Well, a lot of me, maybe the, a great way to say it as well, comes back to being a lover of the educational materials of the journal sure. right now is, is when Glassman kind of had that epiphany of if fitness is work capacity across broad time modal domains, how do we define health? And health mm -hmm. is, of course, adding yep. the age component to that. And so now kind of what you're saying, maintain as much capacity highest quality of life, highest work capacity fitness for as long as you possibly can so that you're one of those 50 or 60 year olds that people are like, what's that dude all about? What's, exactly. What's yep. he got going on there? The guy with the tats busting out of his shirt. That's what, <laughs> that's, that's what I'm talking about there. You, you know what's cool about that is I have this theory, and I think maybe it's a fact, but we'll call it a theory for now, that it's really tough to be a beast in your 20s. Because there's just mm. so many astonishing athletes out there, right? But if you have the superpower <laughs> to just hold on, every decade that goes by, more people have fallen to the wayside and, and given up through lack of discipline, lack of commitment, yeah. got distracted. That now, okay, there's there's still some beasts in your 30s, right? Yep, you got that. You know, people are in there, but but not as many as the. It's like you're 25. You're supposed to be in shape. You might not be, but it's not revolutionary. When you're 35, 36, 37, people are like, you look pretty good uh, for your age. That's not bad. You punch that into your mid-40s and now mm -hmm. you're in an even more elite small number that people really notice. You start talking, you're 55 and you look like lean with some muscle mass. People are like, excuse me, sir, can you please tell me, <laughs> are you a professional athlete? And you're like, no, just, just, just work out. Like just real my life, yeah, yeah. So you if know, you just it, hold on, yeah, I dude. It's funny, you know. I started doing jujitsu a couple years ago, and there's a a famous uh, person in that that sphere. His name is Chris Howder, and he's one of the um, like first. I think he's in the first ten or dozen people in the United States to get a black belt. You know, like it was a Brazilian thing. It took a long time for kind of filter through to the United States. So anyway, he's pretty old school on that. And, and he's got a saying about, you know, if you want to make it to the black belt level of jujitsu, he's like, look, you're going to be somewhere in 10 years. You might as well be a black belt. <laughs> All you have to do is just keep showing up. And, and he's very much like of that same mindset applied to martial arts, right? But right. Yeah, yes. same, same thing with fitness. Yeah. And, and if you want to, and this kind of gets back to that terrible phrase we hate, you know, we hate your why. But if you still want to be doing it in 10 years, whether you call it your why or something else, something better be driving you. Something better be yeah. motivating you. Or you will be one of the people that have fallen, that's fallen from the wayside. And so we're kind of getting a sense as to how now 16 years later, you are still in the game, are still fired up about it. Well, and, and, and 16 years just doing CrossFit, you know, like there was right. years before that where, you know, working out was still important and still interesting, whatever. Yeah, so that for total sure. time frame is even longer. And, you know, my story at first wasn't as cerebral as yours. I certainly enjoyed the journal and what is fitness 
100% life-changing. Mm. And if somebody hasn't read What is Fitness, I implore you to do so. It's, it's a fantastic, groundbreaking uh, article that still stands the test of time, quite frankly. When I did my first CrossFit workout back in 05, you know, and I learned about the website and went there. First of all, in full disclosure, when I went to the website, I think the day that I clicked on it, it was seven sets of one deadlift. That was it. Oh, yeah. So I looked at it and I, this is weird this website. This can't be it. This can't be it. I, I think I actually yeah. called Castro and I was like, hey, I think I'm on the wrong website. Like this, this can't yeah. be it. It's just seven by one deadlift. And I was like, no, that's it. And in my head, I was like, don't these people know how fit I am? This, this is this is nowhere nowhere near enough training for somebody as amazing of an athlete yeah. as myself. Yeah. So this is I immediately wrote it off as stupid and didn't look at it for a while. And somehow it came back and I just decided uh, I was going to start it in August or something and I think if you go back in August of that year, I think Murph is there. So Murph mm. was my first workout and and oh, it made man. Well, that's what everybody says, but it was, I had no fear about it. First of all, you know, having been, having been a SEAL and Murph having been for a fallen SEAL, I was like, okay, this is sure. appropriate. But then nothing about it scared me because yeah, of that. Yeah, it's very much that, in the wheelhouse, right? Of what it was doing. a wheelhouse workout. For, from the community yep. that I went through, I'm like, okay, there's only two miles of running. Are you? I can't remember the last time I only ran two miles. And 20-pound weight vest, whoop-de-doo. Like, we wear more than that on all, all the time. And yeah. only 100 pull-ups, you know, and 200 push-ups. Like the only thing I didn't do was these air squat things. Yep. But but most of the movements, three out of four movements, running, pull-ups, and push-ups, I was like, easy day. It absolutely destroyed me. It destroyed <laughs> me because I'd never tried to do all of that stuff for time. You know, I would have taken that volume and done it over the course of like three hours, right? Yeah. And the air squats demolished me. And I remember laying in my garage, just gasping for air, wondering what in the world just happened because I had such, I had so much ego back then. I had, I had such a high um, opinion of my level of fitness mm. that I was shocked and dismayed at how much this workout just, it dismantled my entire world. And in my simple reptilian brain, the decision was made right there. I said, if there are people walking this earth that are good at this stuff, I have to be one of them. It will bother yeah. my soul to know yep. that there are people who could crush me and make me feel like this. And that was it. Never looked back and just decided this is the way. And that's what got me into it. And then I trained unintelligently uh, for years, not cross its fault, my own fall, again, largely driven by ego and ignorance. And little by little learned better ways to do things, mm. proper ways to do things, kind of one day decided the technique was important, things like that until, you know, fast forward to where I am now, you know, I've got, you know, two boys, got a, a daughter on the way here in about five weeks. And so, you know, wanting to be happy, fit and healthy for as mm. long as possible on this earth for, you know, to serve my family, to serve others has never been more important. So when I think about, you know, yep. why I train, what drives me and motivates me, now it's an easy, it's an easy deal for me because my, it's it's external. Like I have, as far as I'm yeah. concerned, other people that are 
expecting me to be around and they're expecting me to be around at a high level of readiness both physically and mentally for as long as possible and if i'm not holding up my end of that bar uh, the bargain i'm not the the parent role model whatever that i that i want to be and and so that that's easy for me now and that quite frankly maybe i'm just lucky or different that's enough for me like i don't mm. need i don't need anything else but there are well, some I... people who would greatly benefit from some sort of external motivation to keep them sure. fired up. Well, I was going to say, you know, that it, what you're describing there sounds like you now believe that there's a responsibility you have to maintain a certain level of physical capability. Mm -hmm. And 100%. I think there's, yeah, I think there's some people that would absolutely be motivated by that. I think there's others that could be, you know, very much crushed by that. Like, oh my right. God, I have this, you, for real, right. you know, like I have this burden now of I have to maintain this. There's other people counting on me. Like some people would find that to be difficult I think so that's well I'm, I'm glad that you you can turn that into like okay this is fuel for the fire that's great yes uh, and I, don't let that be confused with I'm not saying that it's easy and I'm not saying that yeah, I enjoy course. it sure yeah you know but it's just I have a lot of clarity as to why I'm doing what I'm doing why it's important mm -hmm. and that also helps me make better decisions quite frankly like now because I have these other people that I feel a responsibility to, it might make sense for me to scale a workout so that I mm -hmm. don't do something stupid with my body just to write Rx next to my name on the <laughs> leaderboard, right? So <laughs> having those other people actually have made me make sure that I walk in and make decisions that I'm making the right decisions for the right reasons. Yeah. And, that's, and that's an important deal. So, you know, before we started this episode... We weren't quite sure where it was going to go and yeah. you and I were chatting a bit and and it morphed into what drives you, you know, what what mm. makes you want to work out, you know, what what inspired you initially and what's kept you going. And wrapped up into that, you know, we touched on some external things such as like, you know, it's CrossFit game season right now. I mean, mm -hmm. that's a really, really big deal and that's something that fires people up. And we were having this little chat as to, okay, it fires people up, but can some sort of big external motivation like that on a grand scale, is it all a net positive for the individual athlete, the affiliate owner in the community, or are there any potential pitfalls uh, to a big external motivation like watching your heroes throw down at the games? And you're obviously intimately involved in that mm -hmm. whole arena. So you yeah. probably have a very unique take on it. I don't know, maybe you're too close to the fire, but do you do you see, no, do man, you see all pros is, and all cons? Or is there a little bit of both? My, my take is that, like for your initial question, the answer is yes. Is it mostly a net positive? Yes. Are there some real big pitfalls that you can dive headlong into? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so it's, it's very much... Uh, I think how you approach it. I think it's great to have an aspirational figure that you can, um, you know, look at and say, Hey, I want to kind of model myself after that. Even if it means that, even if it doesn't mean that I can reach that same level of proficiency or expertise or whatever, at least I have something to aim for. I think mm -hmm. that's important that people have that. Um, uh, I also think that having like a time bound external goal of maybe I'm going to sign up for a local competition or, you know, I'm going to do the open when it comes around and I'm not somebody that like wants to compete or 
is even interested in that, but I can see the utility in having this kind of little bit of external pressure. Mm -hmm. But like I alluded to previously, there are some people that can be so consumed by that, that it becomes all that they do. And they become almost like a slave to that thing that was once a tool Mm -hmm. and is now just like everything. It dominates all of their actions to the point where that spirals and next thing you know, you're like, man, I'm over, I'm overtrained potentially. I'm not enjoying this. I'm getting burned out, you know. And then the next thing you know, you're out. You spit right. out the other side. You see it happen. You know, people are like, oh, I'm just burned out from from grinding it out. And then you don't see them. Potentially put some unrealistic expectations on yourself. Exactly. Because maybe yep. you don't know what those top level athletes oh, are yeah. really doing on a daily sure. basis. So you just try to make it happen in your garage while having a yeah. family and a full-time job and other responsibilities and a bad night's sleep. And yep. that, so, check, yeah. that check's going to become due sometime. Exactly. And so, yes, I think there's a ton of utility in, in competition, especially as you get older a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, I think you have less and less outlet for that. You have less and less outlet to kind of put yourself to the test. Um, that's, you know, frankly, that, that goes out the window for a lot of people once they stop playing high school or college sports. Right. Um, so I, I think there's a lot of good that comes from that, but you do have to watch yourself, especially if you're the type of person, which a lot of people involved in CrossFit are that are very self-motivated, very type A, you can get overwhelmed by yourself. And the next thing you know, it becomes a problem rather than, you know, a benefit. There might be one or two obsessive people to do CrossFit. Maybe <laughs> yeah, just exactly. maybe just one or two, you know. I, I might have some I've never met them. I don't know. I might have some experience <laughs> in that realm either. So I guess whether you're at whatever phase of your training that you're in, whatever is driving you, whether it's internal motivation, external motivation, is it yourself, is it work capacity, is it aesthetics, is it long-term health and fitness, is it some kids? Find out what that is, because like we said, consistency wins in this game and you don't you don't want to burn yourself out in your 20s take your 30s off and your 40s realize you need to get back into it because your doctor said whatever find a path find a plan find a crew a community that gets it is on board with where you're going so that we can still be having these conversations about how you've progressed in one or two decades from now that's that's the home run and if having some sort of a you know, maybe you're not like me. Like, I can just go in my garage, train, I got my why, I'm good. But if a lot of people, like you said, they like to know that local comps coming up in a couple of two or three months, I got something to train for. That's it. And then when they take that down just for fun, you know, who cares where you mm-hmm. shake out a leaderboard, have fun, find the next one. Okay, I'm getting after this. If that keeps you going, there's tremendous value and tremendous benefit yep. in that. And luckily these days, you can find in-person competitions all over Mm -hmm. the place you can't get there there's a ton of online competitions you can throw down so you can find some sort of outlet that will help keep you keep you fired up and keep you training but just and don't don't be afraid to let it evolve keep it in check yes that's exactly what i wanted to end with was hey you know your motivations in the long term they will change and that's okay you don't have to be the same person that you were a year ago five years ago in terms of what motivates you and what's going to keep you in the game there's nothing wrong with shifting gears especially with the you know kind of ages and stages of your life so yeah don't be afraid of that 100 percent. and i'll try to remember to say this at the end of all the videos now but if you're listening to this 
audio version podcast, fantastic. We appreciate it. If you're watching it on the Beyond the Whiteboard YouTube channel, great. But whichever medium you're enjoying it, make your way to the YouTube channel. Leave some comments, some thoughts, maybe a topic that you'd like to see discussed. Boz and I absolutely read those. They inspire us for future episodes. And other than that, we will see you next time.